0: This is episode 44 of the Just Get Started podcast, and my guest today is the founder of Mountain Company and the creator and host of the Makers of Sport podcast, Adam Martin. Let's get it started.
1: Just get started.
0: Hey, gang, and welcome to another episode of the Just Get Started podcast. I'm your host, Brian Andreco. Thanks again for being a part of this journey. Excited to have you here for another episode and a special one for me because my guest today, Adam Martin, uh, was one of my influencers to start this podcast. Uh, when I met Adam uh, in 2015 at the Major Level Creative Sports Design Conference and we kind of hit it off and talked a lot about podcasting, among other things, that that uh, weekend. And he just kind of inspired me to, you know, I've been wanting to do a podcast. And he kind of was the one that helped push me over the edge of really that idea. Now, it took two more years for me to actually start the podcast. And I'm glad for him because each year I saw him at the conference, uh, he kept kicking me in the pants to actually get it done. So I finally started. And, and hence, one of the reasons why the podcast is called Just Get Started um, so a little kudos to uh, to Adam and really appreciate him um, joining on the episode today and talking through his story. You know, it's one of those, you know, I, I love designers, um, some designers in my family. I have a lot of friends that are designers. I was in that world for a little while. And it's really neat to talk with someone like Adam who has that creative mind and how he kind of, you know, how he formed that over the years and to do what he's doing today. And being an entrepreneur, and to run his own business successfully for many years um, takes a lot of guts it takes a lot of perseverance there's you know not every day is, you know perfect so he talks through a lot of those uh, the stories of kind of how he got into the position he is today um, so really neat to have him and uh, and share his story with everyone um, you can find adam online best way probably is on twitter or instagram at t adam martin um, is the best way to check him out um, you can check out his uh, design company, uh, Mountain and & Company, and it's Made by Mountain abbreviated, so made by madebymtn.com. And he also has a podcast. Um, he's the creator and host of the Makers of Sport podcast where he talks to designers, and a lot of sports designers, um, graphic designers, and otherwise. Um, so you can check that out, makersofsport.com. He does a phenomenal job with that, over 100 episodes uh, under his belt with that so far. So with that, let's get on with the interview. Um, I think you guys will really enjoy this episode. Again, it's a special one for me. So excited for you guys to listen through and hope to get some feedback on what you guys think and the insight um, and stories that are shared throughout and some of the different tangents that Adam and I go on, um, which I thought was pretty good. So without further ado, let's jump into my chat today with Adam Martin. Let's get it started. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, It's been a while. Good to talk with you again.
1: Thanks, man. I appreciate you bringing me on.
0: Yeah, this'll be, a, this'll be a fun conversation. I know you and I go back several years and excited to hear what's been going on in your end. And, um, you know, I wanted to start the story, you know, kind of going way back as I like to do, because one of the things, obviously, that's a big part of your life is design. And I wanted to get a sense and kind of build the story up to where we're at today. You know, from a design standpoint and and those type of things, when did that actually, um When did that actually start in your life? Was that later on or do you always remember like that creative, you know, the artistic, the design? Was that something early on that was just always innate in your DNA? Can you start us there and then we'll kind of take the story forward?
1: Yeah, no problem. Um, So I can I can always remember being somewhat creative as far as like drawing and things like that. I used to draw a ton when I was a kid, Um, probably the first piece of quote unquote graphic design that I ever did was I created a comic book character and, um, and then created a, a design or uh, drew a movie poster when I was younger. And, uh, it was, <laughs> sounds really bad, but, uh, the character's name was captain kill <laughs> and uh and there was a movie out called tremors do you remember that with the like worm looking things that when i do ground. yeah <laughs> okay so it was captain kill versus tremors and so was kevin it was bacon
0: this. in that one is that right or not yeah yeah i think he oh, was, was okay. I, th- I think he was maybe
1: yeah. <laughs> i was trying to explain it to my kids recently and they just did not they did not get it at all but uh no so yeah i, I always i always drew and um And when I went to, when I got into high school, uh, I took, you know, you get those electives in high school where, you know, most kids will take like four gym classes. (laughs) Um, I took a lot of art classes and I connected with my art teacher pretty well. And and then I also was a a, a basketball guy being from Kentucky. So I, someone got me a copy of Slam Magazine when I was in like sixth grade. And so I, I read that religiously. Um, and then that actually exposed me to just the word design in general, because I didn't think about the word design, right? Like I knew about art and so it, it exposed me to sneaker designers and, um, and it would do like interviews on, on some of these people that were working at Nike or wherever and the things that they were designing. And then, so I sort of got in my head when I was in high school, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a sneaker designer. So I ended up going to school though for I stayed pretty close to home. Um I'm really close to my family. Uh, I have a big extended family and and uh have always been pretty close with them. And uh so I went to school fairly close uh to study a, a initially art. And uh, because I didn't I didn't know what was available, so it was like so I just sort of like as a base just signed up to be an art major. And then when I got to school, I met this kid who was a baseball player and he was like he wanted to be a sneaker designer too. We had some, one of those entry level art classes together. And he was like, yeah, of course he had got recruited to go there. Um, And he was like, yeah, when I got here, you know, I I found out that there wasn't really, that's a program called industrial design, which is more of a physical and kind of a mix between engineering and, and, uh, and creativity. Um, And I was never good at the uh, sort of uh, uh, mathematical side (laughs) of my, of the brain. So he was like, yeah, but I ended up chosen choosing this thing called graphic design. And I was like, well, it has the word design in it, so it, maybe this is like the next best thing. So I didn't know what graphic design was, um but I I once I got into it, I started to like it and I started to understand sort of basic design fundamentals and all that and that kind of set me on my path.
0: Did you have, you know, you're talking about, you know, sneaker design. Was that an idea that just bubbled up yourself? Did you also have any, you know, we always talk about mentors and we'll kind of get into that a little bit. You know, a lot of people as adults have mentors. When you were younger, did you have people you relied on or asked, you know, did you say, hey, is this even a viable career option? Like, I'm curious, you know, how you came up with sneaker design and then continued forward and want to actually go into that.
1: Well, I I didn't. Um, but, you know, we're talking, you and I are probably fairly close to the same age. And we're talking like pre-internet, especially social internet um i mean internet as far as consumer internet obviously the internet's been around for many years but um so i didn't have i I didn't have any resources for that the only thing that i had was basically slam magazine and uh you know my parents are blue collar my mom worked in the school system and my dad worked in a factory um and so they you know they didn't know um about any of that stuff so my art teacher exposed uh, um exposed me to some different artistic careers, and we would have people come in that uh, that were recruiters for colleges and whatnot, mostly art institutes and talk about you know, what you could do. And at and then I, I actually so I actually became exposed to just the, the words commercial art and t- technically commercial art at that time was probably graphic design. It was just a different sort of it was just called something different. I mean, in, des- in graphic design, you're essentially cre- you have an objective and you're creating something for a client typically. Um, and that's what commercial art was. So that's, yeah. I mean, as far as direct mentorship, I mean, I had um, family members that like mentored, m- mentored me as an individual, um, but not necessarily from a career perspective.
0: Well, it brings up an interesting point too, and not to get off you know the road here on a big tangent, but, you know, I look at now and, you know, obviously having young kids, I know you have, a, you have young kids. Is like the there's so much out there, and the level of focus maybe isn't there as much as we ha- you know, we kind of call it a simpler time back when we were growing up in the in the '90s and you know early 2000s and stuff. And obviously it was either even simpler for our parents and, and grandparents. But just like you were saying, hey, I saw Slam magazine. This was really cool. I kind of want to go in it. Now everyone's exposed to fifty thousand different things, and some people have a hard time choosing. So I, I think that's actually you know kind of almost a good thought of hey, you know what. This is something I was passionate about. And I decided to go forward with it instead of, you know, thinking through every little thing that maybe could go wrong. You were just a kid at heart. You're like, dude, I'm going to do that. So that's, it's actually a kind of a good story almost of being able to pick something you like and then seeing it through, because at least kind of knowing your journey a little bit, you pretty much after college decided to kind of start, I know you work for some different companies, but kind of started freelance work right after college. Is that right?
1: Uh, yeah, pretty close. I, so, and and I wouldn't say that I took a direct path, like I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I mean, I wanted to be a sneaker designer and basically settled for something that wasn't, that's a part of industrial design. I settled for graphic design, which is, even though it has the word design and it was more focused on print. So it was like designing ads and logos and brochures and stuff like that. The web was kind of starting to hit pretty big. And so we would learn a little bit about designing websites. But, um, I went to school after school, I, this is where sports really came in. So, um, after I graduated, that was when I sort of became, um, uh, f- uh, knowledgeable about something called sports marketing. I, that was another word that I, uh, phrase that I'd never heard before. And there was a company in Lexington and I was, at, I was applying at jobs everywhere. Um, I went to school just South of Lexington at a place called Eastern Kentucky University. And so closest to my region the the most people would end up going to Cincinnati which is where uh P&G is so th- if you're a designer like a lot of people would graduate try to go to Cincinnati get a job at some agency or in-house at P&G and basically just design packaging like things that are on the shelf right at grocery stores um so I, I interviewed a lot of places and didn't get a job there and then I ended up getting an interview at this place called Host Communications which I was somewhat familiar with it, just being a, a Kentucky basketball fan um they were they were the ones that did the ra- and in my world uh in my head they did they were radio people, so they did the radio show for it, it, would, it would essentially you'd be listening to a game or whatever, and it would be like welcome back to uh the big blue network brought to you by host communications um and so so I got an interview at this place, and I had no clue what they did. And so I get there and I'm like, well, maybe they just need like flyers and stuff, internal like sales pitch materials. Well, when I get there, it was like this whole world opened up to me that I had no clue existed essentially in, in my backyard uh, in Lexington. I mean, it was it was uh, game programs, media guides, uh, schedule posters, schedule cards, like anything you can think of that people are doing for to promote college athletics that they were doing that there and not only were they designing it but they were printing it so there was this massive facility in the back that had these huge printers and they were the official publisher of the um, uh, uh, NCAA March Madness game programs uh, actually all programs for the NCAA now that I think about it because we did like tra- uh, track and field and all kinds of all kinds of things um, so so that opened up a whole new world of sports marketing and uh, and to kind of get back to your original question about going freelance. Um, I did work there for a, a year and a couple months. And I, I was sort of, I, I didn't come from a family of entrepreneurs, so I didn't even really understand or know that was an option to me. It was like, you have to go work for, you know, for me, it was like, you got to get a job and you got to work somewhere for, you know, do your 40 years or whatever and then retire. Um, and this was, you know, this was the, this wasn't where, this was right before that big jump today where people go like, uh, I am probably what you would consider, there's a new term floating around called a Zenial which is like in between millennial and Gen X. Um, so I can identify with both sides of that spectrum. Um, so this was before people were jumping jobs every one to two years and all that. So in my head, I was like, I'm going to have to work here for 40 years, man, I'm really not wanting to do this. So I decided to quit and I was doing some freelance work for an agency that, um, that I interned at that no, that their graphic designer left to go to another agency and they basically, uh, didn't bring on anybody else. They were like a, it was like a, a guy that owned a couple of car dealerships and restaurants, a local businessman, instead of, he used to do his work for, with local agencies and he decided i'm going to start my own agency so it was sort of this offshoot agency that mainly worked on his brands um so when the designer that i worked under as an intern left they decided not to hire anyone else and they just outsourced it to me so i decided to quit and i was like well i have this gig and originally i basically didn't want to um i wanted i was going to get another job i didn't have in my head that i was going to do this for as as a gig. And I mean, it was going to be temporary. I was going to try to put together a portfolio and find another work. Um, And then I was talking to my father-in-law. Well, he's my father-in-law now, but then he was my uh, girlfriend's father (laughs) Um, about business and things like that. And I didn't understand anything about business and he did, he'd always been kind of a business guy working in in the manufacturing industry, but just high level uh, executive and management roles and, and understanding uh, taking companies, selling companies and, and that type of stuff. So he kind of advised me that, Hey, you should, you should give this a shot because you know, right now you don't have any, any serious, um, bills or anything to pay. Right. Because I was dating my now wife, but we had no immediate you know, plans as far as in that, at that time period in the immediate future to get married or anything like that. And I thought, well, yeah, maybe that's, that is a good idea. So that's sort of how I jumped out on my own. And then, uh, the first year was crazy, crazy, uh, poor. (laughs) Um, I didn't make any money. I didn't know how to get business. Right. And so, um, and, and to be honest with you, I still am not a hundred (laughs) percent sure. I'm not great at sales. I'm good at relationships. I'm not great at, uh, sort of making those first contacts and that kind of cold sort of I'm very bad basically about being like, Hey, would you hire me (laughs) for something? (laughs) So that's something I, you know, I don't have it figured out. I'm still working on that stuff out, but yeah, I mean, in in a nutshell, that's kind of how I got out on my own. Well, that's awesome. One year turned into six.
0: (laughs) Well, I was going to ask, I was like, how, how did you get your first few clients then?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it was, it was the, that little agency. Right. And so I was doing a lot of car ads and restaurant, uh, Logos and coasters and uh, uh, like menus and stuff like that, but I also had their host communications, which now today is actually known as i m g college. So about a year after I left i m g, uh the global sports marketing agency headquartered in New York, um they didn't have a college sports division. They had no college sports clients. and so host communications in the sports business journal would always rank them. It was kind of like, IMG would be number one or number and then like well it would switch between like IMG and Octagon so both of these major sports marketing companies and then you know usually around third would be host communications as far as like when they would go through their rankings and so what happened was IMG was like we're going to buy you and turn you into our college sports division so that's what happened but because of that Um, there was a big host had a big network of people that had just moved on and went to other major sports properties and worked. And so I had some contacts there that, uh, you know, I kind of got put in touch with different people and, um, trying to reach out to former, they called them post hosties (laughs) was kind of like the insider term, but, uh, I would reach out to people just to be like, Hey, um, I'm, I'm freelancing now. Is there anything I can work on? um, for you guys. And I would also reach out to people that I worked with at host. I mean, I, that we worked with some pretty big people. I, I was actually designing, I was the lead designer for the Southeastern conference. So I was designing game programs for all sec championships and stuff like that. Well, this guy who's actually an athletic director now at Kentucky, um, for, and he's like essentially one of Cal, Coach Cal's right-hand men, uh, this guy Dwayne Peavy. He was actually working at, at the SEC at the time. And I'd reach out to people like him to be like, hey, I know that I can't work with you because who knows if there's um, um non-competes or whatever and all that, but uh, but is there anybody that you know that needs any kind of work? And so, you know, I just got some referrals and stuff in the sports business. and And, again, I mean, it was just like – year one eventually turned into year two and then year two turned into year three. And then it was still, but still like this whole time I was in my head thinking I was totally open to getting a job. So I was, I was looking and I would, I wouldn't apply to everything, but it would be like, if something was interesting, I might be like, yeah, I'm going to apply to this. So, I mean, I took different interviews and stuff. I mean, I I interviewed at this place in Cincinnati um, called, uh, called F and W publications. And they put out, Um, Industry publications for the graphic design industry. One of them is Print Magazine. Another one is How Magazine. They put on like these big conferences and stuff. And so I would I would interview at places, but it it just it's either for whatever reason it didn't work out, and and it was like, well, what am you know what am I going to do, right? Like I just got to keep. I basically had no choice, right? Like keep working, (laughs) keep trying to get work, and and doing design work.
0: What what's kind of your favorite thing or best thing? I guess working you know, for yourself or kind of working on your own as an entrepreneur? What what are the things that you enjoy about it?
1: Um, I, Flexibility for sure. I, I just, I really enjoy being, and now that I'm, now that I'm a a, a dad of three, I've got uh, two sons, uh, eight, or I'm sorry, nine and seven. And then we just, my wife and I just had a daughter this past summer. Um, I get to be super involved in, in their stuff. I get to go to their school parties and whatnot. Um, and and really kind of be in their lives uh it's they're getting kind of a different sort of uh view i guess of fatherhood than i did which i mean i have a great dad uh but you know my dad it was like he went to work he came home and it was like this sort of pattern right and then like he would go to my sports games at night and all that but for them it's like i'm i'm around and they get to excuse me they get to see me um see me work so you know i'll i'll bring them in here and be like hey this is cool. Check this out, or or even, you know, we'll having just being a creative myself, I'll show them. We you were talking earlier about all these different jobs and things that exist. Um, I'll show them things, and be like, hey, look, like you could probably do this one day if this is what you care about. Uh, you know, like they're they're like most most b- uh, young boys right now are super into Fortnite. <laughs> um and i'll just i'll just be like look man this this somebody somebody created this right like there's one of the things that i tell them is that there are there are consumers and creators right and so if you think about it and i'm like look at you boys like you all are watching and and i'm mainly referring to them because obviously my daughter is she'll get this too but she's a a eight months old right now so you know she doesn't have we don't have conversations but um I'll uh, I'll be like hey listen there are creators and there are consumers right and this is what I've kind of learned that you know some people go home and then they they have these jobs and they go home and they just watch TV or they play games and they watch YouTube and that's totally fine if that's the that's the life that you want um but the people that are in at least it seems I mean I don't have any research on this this is just totally like uh, um sort of perspective from just watching and paying attention to what's going on out there from my own lens is that the creators, the people that are putting out things into the world are the ones that are, that are actually making money, you know? And then the people that are consuming are spending money. (laughs) Right? So, and, and now granted, if you're watching, if those kids that are my sons, like when they watch YouTube, I'll be like, Hey, look, you see those kids that you're watching, they're actually creating content. Like they're creating something and putting it out into the world. And then you all are watching it and they're making money off of it. So that would definitely be top, top priority for me. Cause I mean, I want my kids to, uh, have, uh, you know, a different, uh, different life than, than I have. And that, that, uh, that my parents gave me and that I'll be able to give them and then, you know, hopefully stair step over, over legacies or or generations or what have you.
0: No, I love that advice. I I actually, it's funny. I have the similar conversations with my, uh, my son, and I think it's just again the different generation and and some folks listening right, they're and right, wrong or indifferent. Um I you know, it's fine, but I know a lot of folks are still on the hey, go to college, get an education, go work in a job, work your way up the ladder type thing. It was funny, I was listening to something recently with uh, Damon John, um, you know, the creator of Fubu yep. on Shark Tank mm-hmm. and stuff. And he was saying something about, you know, like, hey, you know, the people that are in college or what you're studying in college, those jobs may not exist in 10, 20, 40 years. Right. So what are you going to do to ultimately, you know, create new opportunities for yourself or learn new skills? So I think it's kind of fascinating is that, yeah, if you're going out there and creating and looking at what's coming in the future, that could be some really good opportunity for the youth out there um, instead of the different ways of, of what we did or what our parents did, et cetera. So
1: yeah, no, I agree a hundred percent. I mean, I I think that, uh, if you look at what we're doing right now, I mean, podcasting didn't exist when we were in college. Right. I mean, radio and all that. It's like, is it a variation of radio? Probably it's like time sort of, you can pick your own time to listen to it radio, but just now with these podcasting networks, and I don't know if you saw recently that uh, Spotify just acquired Gimlet, which created that show startup. And, uh, and they also acquired a a company called anchor, which is almost like a, a mobile ios sort of podcasting platform yep. but i think that that you know the <clears throat> the root of all of that is creativity right like creativity and sort of flexibility and and this con uh, continuous uh, want or need to learn right i mean i have friends listen and, and i i have another friend of mine who's a photographer and we talk all the time he's what's funny is he actually went to school for psychology <laughs> Which makes him a great photographer. But we have these conversations, and I joke with him. I'm like, "You're kind of like my therapist," because <laughs> we just talk about everything. And um, <clears throat> we we discuss how we have friends, right? That maybe they got into something. I don't know. A big thing would be like pharmaceutical sales or whatever. Like like friends from college, and they're going and they're they're doing this thing. They're selling this uh, medication or, or product or whatever. And um, and on the weekends. They're- they're going like on, they're going on their houseboat <laughs> or, or whatever. And, and for me, it's just kind of like, I, um, I just have a need to create. Like, it's, it's weird. It's, I don't think that I would be happy doing that personally. It, you know, I always have to be trying to come up with something and I have like tons of ideas. There's no telling how much money I've spent on domains over the years where like, I'll have an idea and I'll just be like, oh, I'll throw $10 at the domain and then maybe nothing happens that happens of it but um you know if you go i think that if you go work at a place and and this is fine like this is fine like some people it's totally fine that if that's the life that you want and you you know you just want to go do your do your 8 hours or whatever your 40 hours a week and hang it up and go coach youth sports at night I'm totally fine with that but at the same time i think that the way that markets are changing and ai is coming and all of these sort of digital aspects that are shaking up all these industries it's 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 scarier to me to do that to to go and do that than to just like basically be trying to hunt kill eat which is what i'm doing right now because i feel like i i am a little bit more in control even though i'm like a lot of aspects i'm not like i can't control what somebody's payment period is you know i might mark with a client and if it's a university typically they're, they're crazy i mean it's like 60 days before you get paid but there is an aspect of, I already don't know where the next paycheck's coming from, so I'm like, I'm safe, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Whereas like these people are like, yeah, the money's just there, it's just showing up, you know, it's showing up in my account, and then one day like you get laid off, you know, and I think if you listen to people like, um, <clears throat> I listen to just different business shows and what have you and all this stuff. I mean, you're probably familiar with like Dave Ramsey and, mm-hmm. yep. um, and you were talking about Damon John and all those like Shark Tank people. It feels like that th- one of the threads that you hear from them is that um, no job is safe, basically, like you could get laid off at any time, or this company could totally go belly up, and you don't know, like you just think the money's going to keep showing up. And I think one industry that that's happening in a lot that people aren't um aren't really worried about is uh higher education, right? Because like these people think that students are just just going to keep showing up. And we're and we're in a different time period now, where you could go. I mean, for some degrees, obviously there are there are legal ramifications, right? You're going to have to go to school to be a um uh, like a surgeon or whatever. But if you're a designer or you're a marketer, I mean, you could totally just like learn your your way on the web with people that are doing it every single day, and and um, the curriculum is going to be faster than like the curriculum that's going to be implemented into like a like a like a school right so it, people that work for colleges that think people are going to keep showing up i'm going to get probably get a lot of hate for this but i mean it, it, that's this is just my opinion i mean i think that <clears throat> it's probably not going to happen i mean we've seen some schools already and some i think it was like gary vaynerchuk he said that his college actually went bankrupt like he, it doesn't exist right. yeah yeah
0: <laughs> well and it's interesting you bring that up because it goes back to the access that people you know it's it's funny so I you know I tell this story a little I don't know if you never talked about this but like I, I tell the story um about the first time I had a, a, a teacher uh Mr. Hines back in uh, senior year high school so this is dating myself right back in uh, 2001 and he basically said to me, Hey, Brian, you got a great you know, pitch and tone. You got a great voice. You should be on radio someday. But I bet if I if I was able to go back in the time machine and ask him then, like, would he ever consider what podcasting is, he'd probably be like, uh, that's kind of weird. You know, like most people would have said that back then because right. radio is really it. So the fact of, you know, turn the tables 10 to 15 years plus later, and now you have, you know, whatever, hundreds of thousands of podcasts that have been created. Um, it's pretty incredible. So, what you're saying is, yeah, the opportunities are there for the next 5, 10, 15 years. What are those going to be? And for instance, like you're, you know, take your son or whatever, the, the oldest one as an example. If he wants to, you know, in four or five years and he loves design, let's say he could start his own design company, right? He could say, st- Oh, yeah. He can start I mean, doing that. he could that. do that. He can do it today, really. Yeah. If you wanted, but yeah. He, he has that opportunity now where we didn't have that back when we were kids. So it's really interesting to, I know we spun off on a huge tangent here, but this is awesome is, but really this the opportunity um, that you can really do whatever you want. And that's the whole point of the kind of the just get started thing. It's figuring out like, what do you want to do? What makes you passionate in life? What makes you fulfilled and go do that. And sometimes you are doing it as a side hustle and you're kind of building your way up because listen, people do have bills and they can't quit their job, right. but At the end of the day, you know, it kind of goes back. You're talking to Gary Vaynerchuk, who's one of my virtual mentors, as I say, is like, you know, don't get fancy, you know, out there. Like, if you want to do something, you want to be fulfilled, but you don't have to have the nicest house in the block or the best car out there or anything. Those are just things. But if you want that, you know, kind of life fulfillment and that financial freedom, as Dave Ramsey talks about, Sometimes you have to, you know, kind of do the rice and beans route and, and, and move in that direction, but at least you're happy each and every day. So, yeah. Anyway, no,
1: there's actually, so I mean, you, you listen to Gary Vaynerchuk. So I know you probably listen to Tim Ferriss too, right? Oh, he's one of my and favorites. I think, yeah. I think I, there was one of his podcasts I was listening to a long time ago. And I don't know if this was his quote, but he said it. He's the one that I sort of attribute it to and remember saying it was that, um, uh, and this could be, maybe Jim Rohn said this. I know he's a famous sort of business strategy author, which his stuff gets kind of uh, regurgitated a lot, but it was something like time is our most uh, valuable, non-renewable resource. Right. So like, yep. you're not getting time back. It's gone. Right. Money. I mean, I think people tend to look at money differently. You know, some people are like, well, there's, there's a, and that's, well, I know that he did that Jim Rohn guy did create that whole scarcity mindset. So it's like, you know, some people think that there's, um, uh, that it is a, uh, uh like a, and to me, it's like a rising tide floats all boats sort of thing. Like I'm, I'm actually cool with other people doing, there's people that started, have started sports design podcasts. I'm fine with it. I don't have any problem with them because I mean, the reality is they can't replicate who I am. And so much of the of my brand for my podcast is who I am, right? Um, so if people connect with me, they're going to listen, right? If they connect with them, they're going to listen. Um, and I think that uh, um, we have this incredible opportunity that no one in the history of the world has ever had to put stuff out on this thing called the internet. And even if you get... I mean I, you hear these stories about people and they're like the first time I made something I was so nervous and then when I got like 5 listeners I was like wow 5 people wanted to hear what I had to say. And then so you so you almost and then you almost can't uh I think from an internet perspective you were talking about the physical aspect of of uh, material things and all that big houses on the block and stuff I think you also have to keep perspective on the digital aspect of quote unquote material things which are likes right because um, a lot of people will be like, well, this is not, this is not doing much for me. This is, uh, I'm, a, I'm only getting like 500 listeners. Right. Whereas, you know, some major p- podcast is getting hundreds of thousands of listeners or, you know, Joe Rogan has like 4 million subscribers. Um, but there's 500 people that are listening to what you have to say, right? Like take that and put those in a room. I think for me, like it kind of became real when, you know, we met at major level, uh, creative connect, which um i don't know if you mentioned that on the show or not but we and i know that you had uh, chris david garcia on as you were talking earlier who's the founder of that but it's a, it's a design conference for sports industry um very baseball focused typically and held in baseball stadiums but anyway um I, I had interviewed a lot of people in that world and at one of those conferences i was like hey i want to grab everybody and get a picture and i took taking this picture and i was like wow to see the physical representation of people that i just interviewed was crazy so i couldn't imagine seeing the physical representation of the people that actually listen to the show right so take that 500 and put them in a room
0: well i think that's you know kind of goes back we've talked about this before is just building that brand right you, even if you have you know kind of i think it's the the kevin kelly like thousand super fans type thing is yeah hey you don't have to have article. a kind of people that like it here and there but if you get people that are really passionate like with you that's all you need mm-hmm. and then you kind of roll because even you know tim ferris now he's he's had a long career, a lot of things with investing and his books and everything. But I remember him telling the story about when he started a podcast and he had no idea he was, he was given it six episodes and he was going to quit it. Um, And I think it was Joe Rogan that pushed him on to do the podcast. if I remember, but anyways, it's just one of those things you got to stick with it and you got to kind of see it out. And, and as you, as you mentioned, if you have the talent or you have the charisma or or people are kind of liking what you say, they're going to keep listening. If they don't, they don't and then you can right. move on with it down the road but
1: or if uh, you just passionately care about something right i mean like um if you if you care about mma and ufc and all that and you just got together with your buddies and decided to start a blog or a podcast or whatever you don't go into it thinking that you're going to make money go into it because it's fun right i mean it almost replaces in a way the um uh if you think about kind of like the old school kind of cliche the dudes in the neighborhood we get together and work on cars together, right? Like right. over the weeknight or whatever. It almost kind of replaces that in a in a way, but in a digital world and I, with the internet, it's all in my opinion it's all about niche communities. And it's so crazy to me how, how I I will see things every single week that just blow my mind that this this thing this community exists and this person is so popular in that community and have made a career of it, right? And I, it just it blows me away. I mean, it's crazy. You could love um, uh, praying mantis bugs, right? And I guarantee you, there's like a community out there of people. You can find your people on the internet, right? Now, granted, if the internet ever dies down, like we're all in major trouble because this is this is right this this is our connecting um point for for everything. But um, I mean, there, I can't. I I feel like that there's almost not a separation now between digital and physical too. My I've a <laughs> I have a college roommate who, um, he, he met his, uh, his, was, well, his, his uh, off of MySpace, And I remember like we were, so it was being a, 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 a xenial, as I mentioned earlier, it was too, it was super early in that world. And I was like, that's, it's kind of weird, man. Like you've never, <laughs> you've never met this person before and all that. And it's totally, they've been married 10 years. Um, Have two kids, but not today. That's so different, right? Because I have people that I've literally physically never met and never been in the same room with these people. And I would trust them. I mean, I trust them like crazy. If they were coming to this side of the, of the country, I would be like, Hey, you can crash at my house. You know, it's so weird how all that is now, where it's basically digital is, is physical. You know, in a way it's, there's no separation where everybody thinks, oh, digital versus physical. It's like, oh, you know, everything is just, everything's interconnected now.
0: Yeah. It's a, it's a crazy world. It's a, well, it's kind of funny too, with, um, if I go back just a little bit, what you're talking about with the the podcast and stuff. So one of the things I wanted to mention was I, I'm really big on, I talk about this a lot is serendipity. Some people call, you know, you can kind of the tangent of that is luck, Right. But um, you know serendipity. So I want to talk about a, a little bit, and, and this kind of goes back to again, kind of opportunity and, and what you do with it, and having that passion. So when you and I, when we met the first time, MLC Connect, it was uh, 2015. I remember it like it was yesterday because I think we were out on the uh, the upper deck, Houston Astros Stadium, and we were talking because I was quizzing you about your podcast. And because I had thought about like, oh, it'd be cool to to start a podcast. This was neat. And I tell the story. I, I've shared this story in the podcast several times. That i have almost ashamed because year after year I kept going back to the to the MLC Connect, and I'd see you and like, oh, <laughs> nothing to start, show. Yeah, I didn't start my podcast yet. And then I I remember when I was on the, the uh, last year I was there. Whatever it was, I guess it was 2017. I said, uh, all right, Adam, I'm doing it this year. I'm starting it. And I end up doing yeah. that. And that's where it Just <laughs> Get Started was born out of because I was like, you got to just go for it and you just got to put your chips in the middle and who cares what happens. Um, so anyways, it was interesting, kind of that starting point there. I'm curious if you could share a little bit from a podcasting standpoint, because there may be a lot of folks and it might not be podcasts, it might be other things that they want to get their name out there. They want There's something they're passionate about, they want to share with the world. How did you get started with podcasting? What were some of the things early on that you did to get it up and running? And maybe what have you learned over the last, you know, three, four years uh, that have not only kept you going, but maybe have kind of sharpened the saw, if you will, uh, to improve?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, first of all, I began listening to podcasts in somewhere around 2006, right? I mean, this is close to inception of when podcasts even began. I remember this it iTunes. I downloaded something. There were, There were these guys that were talking about graphic design. I was like, oh, that's cool. Let me hear what they have to say. And, and since then, like I've always just listened, I've listened and listened and listened to podcasts and got hooked on them. And, um, and then I, I was kind of telling that story earlier about how for six years I was freelancing full time. And then in, at the end of year six, so year seven, I actually got approached to become a creative director at a web design company in Lexington. And so I was at the time I was uh, 29 getting ready to turn 30. And so uh, I, I thought, well, let me, let me give this a shot. it'll be nice to just take a paycheck home and not be worrying about what you know chasing invoices and all that stuff so i did that and and i and it was almost like a a fence in my career right so it's almost like there's these seasons of my life and my career and that sort of one year gap because i was there i was at that place for a year and a couple months and decided I don't really think I can work for other people. <laughs> I think at that point I had just been ruined. Right. Cause I worked for six years for some, for myself. And so I was, I was, I was very, you know, self-admittingly, I was a very toxic employee. I mean, I, I just, I, I was unhappy, man. And I, and I did not like uh, not having freedom to just come and go as I please. And um, and so towards the end of that, Um, And me and me and the guy that actually owns that company, we're totally cool. Like it's, it's, he understood. I mean, he was an entrepreneur, right? Like he got it when we sat down and had the talk and he was like, it was like a mutual parting of ways. He was like, man, I get it. I was like, you know, I just want to build my own thing. So at the end of that, I thought I want to challenge myself to do something different. And over my career, I've always done these little things like, um, so the design studio has always been my main thing but I've always wanted to create something else. Like I've always kind of dabbled in other stuff. So at one point I created a, an iPhone app called tailgate the sec. And it was about, it was like compiling tailgating rules and parking information and cool restaurants to go to and all this stuff. And I partnered with a developer and launched this thing. Cause I was very passionate about sec football. And at the time I was also traveling with my buddies to these places. So this was stuff I was looking for anyway. I was trying to solve my own problem. Um, and, you know, that lasted for about two years and didn't, didn't go anywhere. You know, it, it, of course I found out that you can't just put an app in the iPhone store and then all of a sudden you make a million dollars, right? Like you have to market it and all that stuff like anything else. Um, and then a friend of mine, another friend of mine, we did like a little t-shirt company that was going to be, uh, it was called Kentucky game gear. And then we were going to launch it into other states and be like Tennessee game gear and all these things. And, um, uh, but I wanted to design original merch. Um, but what I found out was that you, you couldn't get, you couldn't just call up the University of Kentucky and get get a license to use their logo, and so you had to basically have like a track record of selling stuff already. Um, so we had to sell other people's buy wholesale shirts and sell things that I didn't particularly like, <laughs> um, just to get like a business record going. Um, so that didn't work out. Um, and I mean, and like I said, the design studio has always been like the steady thing. So. The next time I decided to sort of do something and challenge myself <clears throat> was with the podcast, and it was at the end of my time when I was getting ready to leave that web design company, and I thought, I love podcasts. Um, what I, there's a, there's a show that doesn't exist that I really want to hear, and I've been looking for it for so long, and it is kind of this intersection of design and sports, and <clears throat> there were there were websites like SportsLogos.net which covered logos and uniforms and uni watch and all this stuff, but there were never any podcasts cause I was, a, I was a podcast, avid podcast listener. So I decided to do that um, and start it. And I had no clue how to do it. Um, I just thought, well, how hard can it be? I'll just turn, you know, I'll just throw on some headphones and interview some people and, and it'll be, we'll be good to go. And man, I mean, just like you probably know, it does not work like that at all. Like you have got to prepare, you got to re- really research your guests and understand um, what you're getting into and and what happens if the people just are, give you like one word answers, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, there's all kinds of variables that you don't think about. Um, so I that was my challenge to, to do that. And I ended up finding out over time that uh, just being authentic and being who I was, that people, you know, a small number of people connected with it. And, um, and so this was, and, and honestly, this was before kind of the podcast boom, like now you can go to YouTube and be like, how to do a podcast. And you'll find tons of videos. that will show you, walk you step-by-step on how to do it. This was still a very, cause this was 2014. Um, it was still a very kind of, in a way, niche community. There wasn't a lot of resources available. So I kind of just had to hack it together and, and kind of figure things out as I went. And I have my own processes that I've, I've, I'm kind of now like one of those guys that's stuck in his ways, <laughs> whereas there's all, there's these new ways to go about podcasting and I'm still doing, doing it the way that I learned. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, man, I mean, it was basically just my own education and my own research and, and, hus- you know, inter- being very good at internetting <laughs> to find a way to, to make this thing happen
0: well yeah i think you just go through the you know that 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 struggle early on and then you kind of figure it out and you meander and somehow you pump out the first episode and then from there like okay i can get a second one out and and here you are yeah i think you're i know you took a little hiatus for a while but i think you've done over a hundred if i remember um, yep
1: yep so. i did a hundred uh my my 100th episode was in the fall and i've and this is another thing i've totally experimented with this thing i've i've gone from when i first started it my plan was to do one per month. And then I found out after I made a list of people I wanted to talk to, that wasn't that many people, right? Like I could fill up 12 episodes super quick with the amount of people that I'm just interested in talking to. So then I was like, well, I'll do every other week. And then I did every other week for a little while. And then I started doing every single week for a little while. And then I was like, that was too much. So I scaled back to every other week. And then I dropped back to every month. And, and you know, you'll hear people and they'll say, you got to be consistent. You got to put it out at the same time every week. And, and I do agree with that. Right. But I also have not sort of, I guess, succumbed to the pressure of also doing that. <laughs> if that makes any sense. Um, I, I sort of was okay with being like, I I'm going to take a little break just to regroup. And, and I still enjoy the brand that I've kind of created around it, but I, I was almost getting a little burnout and, and, And also another thing, I I became a victim of saying yes to too many things. So I started coaching sports, uh, youth sports for my kids. And then I got asked to do this thing and that thing. I was like, yeah, and you start volunteering for all these things. And all of a sudden you're just, you're in over your head. And so now what I've, what this hiatus has helped me to do is to regroup and be like, all right, I'm resigning from this board or whatever, and I'm getting back to having my, my day-to-day business, which is my design studio, um, and my podcast. And so, um, I did, you know, like you mentioned earlier, I did hit episode 100, took a little break and then I've got, I think six or seven episodes scheduled out now. So I'm, so I've got one coming next week. I'm getting ready to hit that. And, uh, and then actually, so, um, April will make the fifth year of posting a podcast online for me. Um, and if you do that math, I mean, I, that probably, do, you know, you definitely start hitting those. You're going to do the math and it's not going to add up to, you're going to be like, well, when was he doing one a week? Well, that's because like there, you know, eventually there was a time where I took a hiatus and then I'll do like one a month and all that.
0: Yeah. But I, th- I think that at the end of the day, yeah, you gotta, that goes back to running your own thing. You're not, someone isn't putting your feet to the fire. You have to get this done tomorrow you want to go with the cadence you want to go at life happens. And, and so, and that's fine. And I think that's, you know, I think people appreciate that as well. You're a human being. So sometimes you get another thing
1: too, is I didn't actually pursue selling ads and sponsors. So I don't have someone breathing down my throat. That's like, Hey, you got to get listeners. You got to get, I I actually don't even pay attention to my numbers anymore. Right. Because they really don't matter if I'm not selling sponsors, it doesn't matter (laughs) to me. (laughs) Um, I just, I, I enjoy having conversations with people and I'm sure that you'll probably, you're, you're finding this out, uh, as you're conducting your show in a weird way. Like your audience almost becomes the people that you're actually interviewing because now it's like, you almost have a seat at the table with these people. They view you as friends and as colleague. And so you get access to things, um, that people might not get access to.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree more with that. That's awesome. And and you can kind of talk about the monetization of it. And you know, you don't you're not having ads. Same same with me. I haven't chosen to go down that route. And I don't really look at the numbers either. It's kind of just like it's cool to see. Um, right. but at the end of the day, it's not like a driving force for me. It is hey, I want to put out some great content. I want to interview because I'm just a curious guy right. and uh and get some great insight. Um, to that point, and this may help out a lot of folks listening. I did want to pick your brain for a minute and get kind of some of your advice or counsel, you know, design in the world and, and that quote unquote, a lot of it, you know, branding is is the term now, right, is getting the podcast out or other things. You have to have a, a, a solid looking brand, right? It can't look like a five-year-old did it, although there's probably some five-year-olds that are really solid at it. Um, what would you give advice to someone maybe starting a business? Maybe they're starting a podcast or some other kind of small thing, but- in terms of just design elements, things they should look out for, is there any kind of two or three major pieces of advice you would share that maybe can get some eyeballs on on the actual um, physical nature of what they're doing?
1: Well, I think probably one of the most simple things that you can do um, is is be consistent, right and it's going to get boring to you. So once you choose some kind of color scheme or, 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 uh, and, or font choices and all that use that consistently over and over and over and over again. And in your head, you're going to, it's going to hit you in your head. And you're going to be like, I need to switch this up. You know, it's getting boring. But what you will notice is that people do start to recognize it as a thing. So now I've been using black and white and this very subtle usage of like purple, which I don't use the purple a lot. But, um, uh, if I were to say just all of a sudden make this whole thing yellow, it would, it would be really weird. I think for a lot of people, because it's just, it's always been, it's always been black and white and gray. Um, so, and I've always used the same font for my quote images that I, when I post quotes on Instagram and all that, it's the same font. And so it's just, there's like a subconscious aspect that people start to recognize, um, this sort of visual language that happens. Um, and and people think branding and they're all of a sudden they're like yeah i need a new logo and i need all this stuff and sometimes you you don't i mean sometimes you could be like hey i'm going to make my logo minimal and make it small and then i'm going to focus on the content and the content is is going to be very consistent so every time i post you know like i said earlier it's the same fonts same color choices and there might be a couple variables that change so for me it's the the logo of the company of the person that i'm interviewing where they work that always changes um, but I usually, and that might be in color, but because I've chosen to use black and white, it it's not a big deal because it works with everything. So definitely, um, especially if you're not a designer and you can't afford a designer, try to keep it simple and keep it consistent.
0: Yeah, that's great advice on that. And, I, and I'm curious, and again, you talk about flexibility being a big thing for you, obviously, you know, kind of going out on your own or, or keeping doing that. And one of the things you enjoy is there anything that you do day in and day out that kind of keeps you structured? Any habits, maybe it's routines that you have to do each and every day or is it kind of all over the place depending on the day? How do you work?
1: Um it's it, it has been all over the place for many years and I'm I am starting because I have all these kids now. <laughs> I am trying to figure out a way to get some kind of structure to my day. One thing I do every single day is I listen to podcasts. Um, I listen while I'm in the shower. I listen to audio books too. I'm kind of looping that into just the audio audio education. Um, I do that a ton. Um, and actually, so one thing I started doing um, of probably two years ago um, is actually, I, so I'm, I'm a Christian and I actually, I, I started reading, uh, just doing simple stuff. I wanted to challenge myself to try to read um, read more, like from a, like a biblical perspective. And so I actually started opening the Bible app every day. So that's one thing that I do every single morning when I wake up, I open it up, look at the verse of the day. And then right now I'm trying to actually read, literally like read it through. So I I do like little plans and stuff, um, and all that. So those are definitely, um, some consistent things that I do. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, that's probably podcasts and, and, and the Bible, Bible app. And other than you know waking up and going kissing my daughter and stuff like that, um, and of course there's you know checking emails and and what have you. But uh, I can tell you one thing: I'm definitely not doing every single day. And I've actually um, I've actually taken a huge back seat to things like Facebook. Um, I deleted it from. I still I st- I think there's still value there. I'm not one of these people. It's like I'm out of there because of all these Russian bots and whatnot. Um, I just decided that um, I just had a bad habit of t- my muscle memory, my thumb, every single aspect of the day, just constantly clicking that, looking and checking, looking and checking, looking and checking. And I wanted to get away from that. So I deleted the app, changed my password to something super long, and I use an app called One Password that manages all these passwords. So it's, it's kind of an annoyance to even go get the password for it. Um, so I usually only check that at my desktop computer maybe twice a week. And man, I'll be honest with you, I've seen like huge, um, change in, uh, po- like positivity, like a positive vibe sort of in, in my life. Right. Cause I'm not seeing everybody's problems. I'm not seeing all this sort of political talk. Um, uh, and, and I'm not being hit with like ads and ads and ads and ads. And, ads. and I'm, and I'm almost just like seeing the, it's weird, man. It's very weird. It's like, I'm seeing the world <laughs> like for, for once, and, it's, and it actually feels kind of good to not know what's going on in certain aspects. <laughs> um, my wife is still on there and she'll be like, hey, have you seen this? And so, I'm, I mean, in, in some aspects, I am glad she's on there because there'll be school thing, like our kid's school or whatever that gets posted on there. Um, but it's it's been nice to not be in the know <laughs> on some of that stuff.
0: No, I agree. I agree with you. Well, it's so interesting how the, uh, the world works like these, you know, I, I use the example, like the, think of the big box stores that was massive back in the early two thousands, late nineties, early two thousands. And then the ebb and flow back to the small town, like one-to-one type thing. And then obviously with the internet picking up everything was, we got to be connected. We got to be in all these social platforms. And I think a lot of people are, I've even myself, like I barely go on Facebook again. It's every once in a while, Um, but even other platforms, like I'm, I'm probably Instagram the most, but it's these ebbs and flows where it's like, yeah, you know what? I want to spend a little more time with my, my kid. I want to like do other things outside of that realm and not waste a lot of time. So it's interesting, the ebbs and flows of life and and how that all works. Um, where, uh,
1: well, yeah, I actually, I have, uh, something to say, say about that too. You're talking about like these, uh, box stores and all that. I saw, saw somebody post today, um, that, uh, uh, somebody was like, Oh, I'll try to, you know, try to go to this store and get something. And somebody was like, who goes to stores in 2019? <laughs> Cause like we just order everything from Amazon. But as far as the, um, the uh, social network thing, I posted a tweet earlier and this is granted, this is a tiny sample size of, of people. And I basically said like, if you, if you had to invest all of your time into one social network, uh, what would you use? And this thing, and and I mean, keep in mind, like this is very very small sample size. There's 58 people that have commented on, or done this poll, and 60% said Instagram, 33% said Twitter, and 7% said Facebook, and 0% said Snapchat slash other. So Instagram is like apparently where it's at. And I'm not a good Instagrammer. I I um I really like Twitter the best. I like to have those little short conversations, and I think you can get every, you know almost a little bit of everything from that and And Instagram, with all the hashtags and whatnot, feels a little spammy to me sometimes
0: <laughs> no that's that's a good thought that's actually a good transition I was going to ask is where can everyone find you online where the, where can they connect with you
1: yeah, so from a personal perspective um <clears throat> i uh my handles pretty much everywhere are, are T adam martin, so it's at t adam martin on twitter on instagram um and then i and the reason why I did that i actually didn't want to, I used to go by like a Martin design or whatever. And then I decided I didn't want to be defined by what I do. So I keep separate Twitter handles or or, uh, social handles for everything else. So my podcast is at makers of sport. And then my design studio is at made by MTN made by mountain abbreviated um, on Twitter. And, uh, and yeah, so that's, that's pretty much where you can find me at.
0: Awesome, man. What are you excited about the next six months year kind of going on in your world?
1: Um, well, I have, I have some ideas that I want to, I really want to figure out a way to switch up my podcast a little more to really turn it into a brand. So possibly doing merch, possibly taking old interviews and compiling them into a magazine or a book or something like that. Um, really trying to figure out what that is. What is makers of sport? Like is it a brand? Is it is there a services aspect to it? Can teams or companies sort of rent makers of sport to come in and run their design for an event or something like that? Um, so I'm excited about that. And uh you know, but of course that is obviously gonna take money to do. So uh the design business is is uh taking on clients if people want to <laughs> need that kind of work. Um, because I, I just I basically take what I what I can and, and pay my bills and try to funnel a lot of that back into into my, my own podcast brand.
0: So I always like to kind of end the podcast on a an, an opportunity to kind of open forum here, and it doesn't have to be around design. It can be. It could be around business. It could be around podcasts. It could be around just life in general. But any advice? Maybe it's something you live by. Maybe it's a quote. Maybe it's something just top of mind right now, but that you would share with the audience kind of as a lasting impression of the interview.
1: I would say uh, really, really try to connect with people. And I mean, that doesn't mean everybody, but you know, don't sort of view people surface level. Um, I think that there is a lot of grays in, in the world and too many people kind of look at it from it's either this or that lens and especially if you like look at politics and whatnot today and kind of the divisiveness that social media has has brought about um i would say try to connect with people on a human level and and get past the sort of surface level aspect and 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 granted that doesn't mean you have to do it with everybody but you know definitely try to make some connections that way
0: and this is awesome man. I'm I'm so glad to get to connect with you again. It's been a while. I really enjoyed the uh, the conversation here. We went on a, a bunch of different tangents, but it was fun and uh, I really appreciate you <laughs> taking some time out and uh sharing your journey and your thoughts.
1: Yeah man, absolutely. I'm I'm happy uh I'm very honored uh that you had me. I know you've had some pretty pretty awesome guests and uh yeah, that's what that's what you get when you get two podcasters in a room, man. We'll we'll go on all kinds of tangents.
0: <laughs> that's awesome, man. Take care. All right, man. Thanks a lot. everyone enjoyed that interview. And one more quick thing before you head off on your day. If you don't mind, head over to iTunes, leave me a review. Let me know how I'm doing. I certainly appreciate the feedback. It only is going to make this podcast better each and every episode. As always, you guys can find me online, uh, brianondrako.com. That's B-R-I-A-N-O-N-D-R-A-K-O, as well as on Instagram or Twitter, at Brian Thanks again for listening in. I hope you guys have a great day, a phenomenal week. And we'll see you soon. Take care.
1: Just get started.